0: Welcome to the heart of the Big Bend. It's time to kick back, put your feet up, grab your favorite beverage or snack as we discuss, declare, proclaim, publicize, and articulate about the wonders, magic, beauty, music, and happenings here in the area known as the Big Bend of Texas. Hello, welcome, and thank you for joining us again for Heart of the Big Bend. This is a podcast and radio show coming to you every other week about visiting the beautiful Big Bend of Texas. Specifically, we will cover what's happening in Alpine, an incredibly friendly small town nestled in a desert mountain valley at the heart of the Big Bend region. With easy day trips from Alpine, you can take in everything this amazing region has to offer. I'm Chris Ruggia, Director of Tourism for the City of Alpine, Alpine, And today we're talking for, I think, the third, maybe the fourth time about the Museum of the Big Bend with Museum Director Mary Bones. Hi, Mary. Hey, Chris. Thank you very much for having me on well, this afternoon. Thanks so much for, one, coming back on the show, and two, running such a great museum. Well, thank you very <laughs> much. And for uh, your listeners outside the area... I
1: highly recommend that you come to the Museum of the Big Ben when you start your adventure in this great, big, beautiful country.
0: Absolutely. And Heather at the Visitor Center always points that as the best place to start, just like you said, because especially if you've never been to the region, it gives such a great overview. In fact, there's a literal overview of that little table of the, you know, the topographic map. Oh, exactly, yeah. exactly,
1: and that that's such a great way to start at the museum, because um, for folks, it's their first time out here, or if it's been a while, to get an idea of where area towns are, uh, attractions, the geology, and then how they're all interrelated, so it's a great start and overview, plus it also just gives you, the viewer the opportunity to see how vast this country really mm-hmm. is yeah. yeah
0: and since we're we're headed that uh, on this topic the the rest of the the permanent exhibit really gives that historical and prehistorical uh, overview as well of all the different cultures and and uh, you know f- kinds of folks that have contributed so much to the the history and life exactly yeah
1: yeah Yeah. So looking at uh, from the earliest, you know, uh, folks here in the Big Bend, if you want to call them folks, dinosaurs. Right. And then moving into uh, the native peoples and then uh, the coming of the Spanish and then um, uh, the Europeans coming in as immigrants. Mm -hmm. And so um, how the, the culture has evolved over Hundreds of years.
0: Absolutely, and for a town this size, I know. I'm sure we talked about this when you first came on the podcast, but uh, for a, a town the size of Alpine, when you say, "Oh, here's the here's the museum," a lot of times one thinks of you know a, a historic home that might have the collections that families in the area have donated. Those are super valuable uh, institutions, but this is something. Much more like you think of a quote-unquote real museum. This is a first-class museum experience for people. Oh, I agree with that statement 100%.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And as you all know, um, the original, the historic building um, where the permanent exhibits are that talk about the history and prehistory of the area... That building was built during the Texas Centennial. Mm-hmm. So let's talk 1936. Right. And then we opened, actually the building was dedicated in 1937. So it was designed to serve as a museum. And I think there were probably 10 of these Texas Centennial Memorial Museums that were built across the state. One oh. that's still operating as a museum is the Centennial Museum Museum. Up at uh, University of Texas at El Paso. But very few still operate as a museum, and we're just, we're so fortunate to have this wonderful building
0: we to tell that story. We really are, and especially there was a, considering that there were many decades when the building was not serving as the museum. Exactly. And if you yeah. want to hear that whole story, go back to the first, our first episode in the podcast feed about the Museum of the Big Bend, because uh, that that was quite a journey to to come back to this, this historic building as the home exactly. of the museum now. Speaking of the home of the museum, the immediate reason that we asked you to come back and talk again is that there's kind of some big news about the building.
1: Yes, it's huge news. It's big news for the museum. It's big news for Sul Ross State University and the Texas State University system. But more importantly, for the community, we are going to be opening our second museum building, um, the Emmett and Miriam McCoy building. Um... Uh, It opens to the public on March the 11th. Right. Uh, That's a Saturday from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Everybody's invited. It's free. And it's just this amazing building that will be physically connected to the historic building. And we are going to have some incredibly wonderful art exhibits. Uh, One show is coming to us on a long-term loan from the Dallas Museum of Art. By the late El Paso artist Tom Lee. Yeah. Looking at um, the history of cattle in America. So, from the offloading of cattle at Veracruz in 1521 to um, at the time taking um, a beef steer up to Chicago in 1946. So, just big, beautiful, and interesting paintings and history of how cattle came to be in the Americas.
0: Yeah, and Tom Lee's a really interesting figure. He's he's really mostly associated, I think, with El Paso. Very much and so, And the yeah. El Paso Art Museum has a, a, a section that is usually, maybe it's permanently devoted to his work. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, that yeah, that's a real treat that we'll be able to get to see those long-term and have those.
1: Exactly. And for um, the folks that are listening, if you're familiar with the Tom Lee Trail, um the the Tomley Trail is going to various sites across the state that have some uh, Tom Lee work and mm-hmm. either their collection or you know other significance to uh, Tom and Sarah Lee's life and so with the inclusion of these Lee works at the Museum of the Big Bend we'll be
0: on that Tom Lee trail. Yeah and you yeah. know and so yeah you have a brand new space dedicated for that exhibit that'll yes. stay there but then you have a several more brand new spaces as well. Yeah
1: so with the new building uh, we're looking at the new building to be more of our art museum. Right. And the historic building will, of course, continue to tell the history of um, the area. So, the other exhibits that we're going to have are it's this beautiful uh, selection of work from the John L. Now the third collection of Texas art. And uh, I've seen the uh, pieces that the curator, Christopher Beer, pulled, and it is going to be a spectacular show. Excellent. It's really beautiful. And he kind of focused um, his selection um, by artists who are influenced uh, by the expansive Big Bend, West Texas, Mexico border, and Davis and uh, Shenani Mountain Ranges. Oh, excellent. So some of the folks were born in this area. Some folks came from outside, from as far away as Europe. And some of the artists even came here and taught, um, especially during the summer, during the summer art mm-hmm. colony at Soros State University. So it's not just going to be landscape. There's also portrait, as well as architectural. It's a really just, it's an outstanding exhibit, and um, Folks need to come folks need to come and see both the Lee and the now yeah because they are just incredibly beautiful shows and then the museum will also have on exhibit uh, works that have recently been donated to the museum oh. so um, works by Fred Darge, William Lester, Um, let me think, Otis Dozier, it's it's just going to, there's some really beautiful works of art that I'm very excited to have on exhibit, because we just got them in, and we haven't been able to show them to folks, so... That's gonna be just so exciting. And then the last thing we're going to bring into the building are all of the large murals that were done by Javier Gonzalez and Julius Waltz. Yeah. Um, so I'll have to give up branding scene at <laughs> Cathedral Mountain. That'll be coming out of my office. But it's for the enjoyment yeah. and education of folks who come to the museum. Absolutely. So and we're the, just excited.
0: Yeah, and that long uh, Javier Gonzalez painting. It was, for a long time, it was behind the city count, the Alpine That's City right. Council at their meetings. With, that was years and years and years ago. Oh, yes, and yeah. the chairs that would bump up against <laughs> it. I,
1: re- I remember when the city called me and they said, you need to come get your paintings. I was like, what? And so we showed up down there, and this one guy had his hands, the palm of his hands squarely in the middle of one of the, the smaller murals. And I was like, okay, time to come <laughs> yeah, home. Yeah, probably so. so we were able to restore... Two of the Julius Waltzes, mm-hmm. the Gonzales. I'm gonna have to fundraise because I think it's what twelve or fourteen feet Easily, in length. Yeah. It, they're they're magnificent and beautiful. And then the other half of the building will be our cultural events center, as well as an exterior patio space. Yeah, so,
0: and I believe the first event is going to be the grand opening.
1: Yes, the very first event will be the grand opening. Uh, that will be Friday night, March the tenth, uh-huh. from 6 to 8 p.m., and um, it is a ticketed event. It's a fundraiser for the museum, so it's $75 per person.
0: And be the first in the door. Be
1: the first in the door. It's just, it's just, it's a really special, it's a really special building, and um, we're so excited that it, it has come together so quickly for the museum. Yeah. And for this, and for everyone here in our community.
0: Yeah, I want to acknowledge Marty Davis, uh, the the late uh, person. He was on your board, uh, advisory board for a long time, and if I if I remember correctly, this was kind of his brainchild. You're absolutely right. I think when we
1: finished the restoration on the historic building, Marty was already talking about building (laughs) a second, and we were just like, "Can we just come up for air for a minute?" But um, you know, he he never he just. He just knew that we had to expand. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the the historic building is a fabulous building, but, um, you know, we're at capacity. Yeah, And so Marty uh, continued, and um, we first had to make sure that the university would um, transfer the land over to us to build mm. a building on, so that there was that part of it. But once that was all in place, then we... Um, put out uh, requests for architects and went with page and, um, here we are. I mean, it's, it's really stunning. And then of course, um, I can't, just the importance of the McCoy family. Oh, no question for um, the
0: museum in general, for, for the all those, museum, all, all the, both of those big, big projects. Yeah. They were instrumental. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, and, um, Eminem Miriam, um, I just can't thank them enough. Mr. McCoy has passed away, but Miriam is still alive. And, um, you know, uh, sending me home with a $5 million check was just yeah. pretty mind-boggling. No kidding. But uh, that was what really got us over, you know, we were just kind of on a high point, and we just, you know, we were fundraising, but uh, that $5 million took us to the next level and yeah. really got that project up and running. So, again, I cannot recognize and thank the McCoy family enough for being such good friends um, to the museum of the Big Bend and Sulra State University
0: yeah and I know we talked about it in, on the earlier podcast but uh but mr. McCoy you uh, told the story of him identifying that ceiling in the old building and that that really kind of drove his interest in uh, in helping to fund because for for folks who don't know the the building was in the process of of becoming the museum again. And so there was a renovation going on. right,
1: And so that was like a $3.2 million project. And I remember after he came down off the ladders, looking at the roof and the ceiling a week later, we get a million dollar check in the mail. So (laughs) uh, the McCoys, you know, um, as I understand it, if they have, um, you know, they have a big ranch up near Mm Balmory, big ranching interest, and um, as I understand it, the McCoys like to give back to the communities where they are living mm. or have, you know, reside. So they have been very good to different organizations in the San Marcos area, but also I think they're um, they're good friends and neighbors here to this community as well.
0: Yeah. Um, so tell me again. We uh, give people that description of the ceiling before we move on. So because uh, when you go into the old building, if you look up, there's an elaborate wood i don't know truss structure yeah that's a curved uh the curved ceiling so it's
1: it's called a lamella arch and you'll see it it was used a lot in like airplane hangars and gymnasiums oh, okay. it was a really popular design uh because you um it's also trussless oh okay. so you don't have so all the, the... trusses <laughs> right <Yeah. laughs> and so um it's one of the one of the larger remaining examples of that trustless system, and that was, as I understood it, when Mr. McCoy he served in the Korean War, mm-hmm. and when he came back home, his parents, his dad had a roofing business, and he roofed a lamella arched roof, and really just loved that design. And so this was a chance not only to preserve that beautiful building or that beautiful lamella arch
0: roof, but also to preserve the building that it was yeah. protecting. Yeah. And so uh, I want to jump back over to uh, to Marty and Yana Davis for a second mm-hmm. because uh, one thing that adding the new building enables to happen in the original historic building is kind of a well a literal elevation of sure. the map collection, which is a huge and important asset that uh, the Davises gave to the museum. That mm-hmm. that's been you have to go down the stairs into. the Find the map room, and there's always a permanent little map exhibit down there, right. but it's going to come up. Right. So, um, what our
1: goal is, if y'all remember, uh, the museum was awarded a 750000 one to one matching grant from the National Endowment for the Humanities. Yes. And so we are we are focusing I of course wanna raise all seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars because it's the best deal going. Yeah. Usually with an NEH grant for every three dollars I raised, they would give one. Oh I see. But this is a one to one match. And so I certainly wanna raise that total amount. And what we're going to do with that money is then turn our focus to the historic building because it it's it's a great workhorse. It's got great bones, but it needs some updating and some attention. Yeah. And part of that plan is to physically move the Davis map collection from the bottom floor up to the upper floor. It'll make it easier for anyone that has a mobility issue. It's right on the same floor as the permanent exhibit. Yeah. Um we will have more space because we're expecting yet another donation of uh, maps from the Davis estate and uh, a larger room for researchers to work in. Plus we'll always have a map exhibit in that hallway.
0: Yeah. So, and and what about the, uh, the main exhibit room that it has been for all this time, the room that you do your right. main Right, so
1: one of the things we have been talking about is um, since those exhibits were built on the floor, you just can't rotate them mm-hmm. very easily, or at least I don't know how to do it. And so it's looking at what we have and how can we reimagine that exhibit. If we can't rotate, you know, the actual yeah. exhibit itself, what kind of AV, what new technology can we bring in? Um that can update and refresh and also tell more stories yeah. about all the you know various folks that uh, called this area home. You
0: bet. Because that's going to be an interesting new experience for everybody because you're going to be coming in at a different door. You know, That's you, right. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah because we'll, now the main entrance will actually be the connector, this beautiful glass connector between the historic and the new building. Yeah. So when you walk into the historic building, you'll be walking into the 1500s. So... So that's going to be an interesting uh, challenge, but thank goodness there are wonderful museum uh, exhibit people and (laughs) people that have a a way of looking at what you have and just to reimagine it and make it better. So that's going to be very exciting for that that, uh, historic building as well.
0: Yeah. So for the folks who haven't been to the museum before, we want to let you know it's on the campus of Selra State University. It's entrance number four, I believe, is the closest. Entrance number four. Yeah, uh, that's actually the only entrance that will get you to the museum. Right, because there's been so many campus redesigns. yeah things of the roads and parking and such so that's avenue b when you're in town right it might be easiest to find it and then there's a large parking lot uh well there's gonna be a new parking lot as well that's
1: right so um as part of this um new building plan we also have a designated parking lot so it'll be right across the street from where the historic and the new buildings are and then we'll have a sidewalk that'll take you from that parking lot on a gentle slope
0: up to the um the uh, connector for the two buildings. And so if I want to be one of those first people in the door on the opening, grand opening night, Mm -hmm. uh, how do I get my ticket?
1: Well, there's a variety of ways you can get tickets. Hopefully you've received an invitation from the Museum of the Big Bend, and you can fill out the reply card. You can uh, go online Mm -hmm. to our uh, museum website, which is Museum of Yeah, all lowercase and you can go there and order your tickets online or you can uh, call uh, Rebecca Antrosio at 432-837-8143 to reserve your tickets or one more option (laughs) uh, that evening you can purchase your ticket at the event at the door and it's $75
0: per person and uh now, there's also going to be – are there some demonstrations, some talks over the weekend?
1: Yes. So for those folks who can't make this uh, the Friday evening event, the museum, both, both buildings will be open on Saturday, March the 11th, from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. That's our normal operating hours. Mm-hmm. So we will not be charging admission, and uh, during that day, we are going to have folks uh, come in – and do uh, presentations and book signings uh, all during that opening time. So Adair Margot, who uh, created the Tom Lee Institute, yeah, she is going to come and do a presentation. Um, if you ever, I saw Adair speak 20 years ago, and she's just a. a Fabulous speaker. Really amazing.
0: Uh, She knows her Tom Lee. She knows her Tom (laughs)
1: Lee. Um, Ron uh, Tyler, who was the former director, I think, of the Eamon Carter, Oh, um, is going to come. He just released um, a book on Texas lithographs. Hmm. So he's going to come and talk about works on paper. Uh, We will have uh, Christopher Beer, Bonnie, and Robert McKee. And these are the folks, along with the museum... That came together. We had a beautiful exhibit of works by a German immigrant, a guy named Fred Darge. Yes. Who came and painted out here in the Big Bend, in particular down on the Sam Nail and the Burnham Ranches, which is now part of Big Bend National Park, in the 30s and 40s. And so he really captured that slice of time out here, and especially in the ranching community in South County and so um, we had this beautiful exhibit, and then from that we've created this really spectacular, I'm going to have to call it a book, because it's it's way above just being a, an exhibit catalog. Yeah. It's really beautiful. And so they're going to come out and do a presentation and a book signing. Excellent. And then Christopher Beer, along with Judy and Stephen Alton, are going to talk about, uh, one, he's going to talk about the John Now collection. Right, because he's the curator, curator of that show. yeah. But then also talking to folks about how you go about building a collection, we're also hoping that David Dyke, who has a, um, who sells uh, especially uh, Texas art up in the Dallas area, mm-hmm. uh, works with a lot of folks trying to help them decide. You know the focus of their collection, what your budget is, what yeah. you're interested in. So I think for maybe for some of the folks who come, um, that might be of interest about how you really go about. Creating a collection, and even yeah. if you even if you have a small budget, you can especially with lithographs and works on paper, you can have a really nice collection.
0: Well, and it might even for folks who don't aren't thinking of collecting, it gives you kind of a peek behind the scenes. So for exactly. all of these, all of these museum shows internationally, you know, yeah. they come from people's collections. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah exactly. That's a wonderful point. Yeah. So, Saturday is going to be great. We're going to have cookies and, you know, bottled waters and soft drinks. So, it'll just be a really great day to come to the museum.
0: Yeah. And then after that, folks should expect a $5 admission fee. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, for as museums go, it's a bargain for sure. It is. Yeah. And
1: now you get to tour two buildings uh, for the same low price of $5 <laughs> a person. Yeah, it's a great deal. is. It's going to be a really... I cannot emphasize enough it's going to be a really great building with some great exhibits.
0: Yeah. Well, we we are, the community is really looking forward. I know speaking for as part of it. That's right. <laughs> to uh, to come in and see the thing finished and yeah, yeah. very exciting congratulations. Well, thank on, you uh, very much. Approaching the end of this leg of the journey of museum fundraising and capital projects. Capital projects. Yeah. And
1: I and I do want to just let folks know we won't be it well, we will be substantially complete, but it won't be complete. Gotcha. So I would recommend you come back and come back often mm-hmm. to see um, how it is evolving. Yeah. Like when the landscape goes in um, and other little bits and features that we're still working on. Um, even the how the building is going to change color over time. Right. Because it's a core tin that has an accelerant. That will rust the metal, uh-huh. so it'll be interesting, especially when it rains. That really gets that um, that that uh, applied material to to start reacting, and yeah. so you can come and actually see the museum evolving than what you saw maybe when you came for the opening or two weeks or four months afterwards. Yeah, yeah so it's going to be it's going to be a really cool. It's going to be cool to watch that as well.
0: Yeah, it won't be uh, quite so static. <laughs> <laughs> Exciting. Well, yeah, lots of changes, lots of new things that on an ongoing basis. So Yeah, good stuff. You have too. plenty to look forward to as well. Yeah,
1: yeah it's good stuff. I'm very excited. And I look forward to, to folks coming and uh enjoying uh, just this great, wonderful museum we have here in Alpine. It's something to be really proud
0: of. And, Truly. Yes. And so, once again, that's museumofthebigbend.com. Mm-hmm. People can, uh, if you're planning your trip, you know, have a look there and plan to, like we said, stop at the museum first because it really does give you that entry point to the whole area. Amen. Even if you're, you know, the bulk of your trip is going to be in South County, even stop in an Alpine and stop at the museum before you head down there. It's going to really enhance what you what you encounter when you go to anywhere else in the area. That is well put. Well, I couldn't say oh, it any thank better. You. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, thank you, Mary, so much for joining us again. And thank everybody listening for joining us for Heart of the Big Bend. You can get more information about the show at visitalpinetx.com slash podcast or search for Heart of the Big Bend on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, most other podcast apps. And for everybody listening locally on KVLF, KALP Radio in Alpine, we'll be back in two Fridays. Thanks, everybody. You've been listening to the Heart of the Big Bend. Hope you liked what you heard and that you'll find the time to experience all that the Big Bend has to offer. See you soon, partner.